A career-high 55 points for Giannis, and in the end, they needed it. But it was a historic performance and a performance that Frank and myself are going to have a lot of fun breaking down. He continues to really uh, physically push himself beyond the limits, and he did it tonight uh, against the Wizards on a night that uh, we are rightly pointed out that the Boston Celtics also got mopped by the Oklahoma City Thunder. So let's have some fun on this podcast. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And we thank you, of course, for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day. And we've had a couple of sketchy post-game podcasts recently where we had to break down pretty disappointing losses, to be fair. But tonight, not only did we get the win, but we get the historic performance of Giannis. So I'm sure there's going to be lots of people excited to listen to this podcast uh, that is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. And Frank, this wasn't a perfect performance. This wasn't the perfect win. It wasn't the dominant win that you want to see what you think is a championship contender against a team that is a fringe playing tournament. But we're going to start with Giannis and we can get to whatever else we need to at the end because he plays. 36 minutes in this game, 20 of 33 from the field, 15 of 16 from the free throw line, Frank. He adds in 10 rebounds, 7 assists, couple of steals, and no blocks. Uh, something to work on there, Giannis. And a career high, 55 points. And for all the stuff we talk about, Giannis, to me, I just continue to go back to the physical dominance of this man when he looks like he is broken down and gasping in the breaths and hands on the knees and drenched with sweat at uh, this fourth quarter to score 19 points and uh, really just absolutely steamroll anyone in his path was something to behold. And if you're looking for anything to question here, he's only a couple of points off the franchise record as well, but this is a performance we'll remember for a long time. And Frank, I know for a fact that you would have enjoyed this one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as as you pointed to, right? Like it was not sort of the, you know, fifteen to twenty point lead throughout, comfortable type of performance. But nineteen points from him in the fourth quarter, as you said, they needed those nineteen points. I think he scored twelve in a row to basically put the game out of reach. But I mean, it got to two points early in the fourth. I think it was. Um, it got to four points at one point. You know, per, per, kind of think like midway through or so, and then. It really wasn't until Giannis just kept mashing the turbo button. Um, and as you said, I mean, the assault on the rim tonight was, you know, like historic levels of, of as you said, just physical dominance. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why we see all these crazy scoring performances because of the three-point shot and guys getting hot from three. Obviously, a Clay Thompson performance yesterday, scoring 54 hits 10 threes. Of course, you know, that's a great way to juice uh, your scoring totals. But for Giannis tonight to, 
to get to 55, you know, over three from deep one out of eight outside the restricted area. When I was looking at the uh, shot chart, so 19 of 25 in the restricted area. And it's not like, you know, he had um, the world's greatest passing setting him up for all these easy buckets or something like that. I mean, most of those are him catching the ball at the elbow, dribbling it up, getting a screen, getting a switch, attacking a switch, just getting a, you know, a freight train type action in the, in, in the open court going end to end. Um, I mean, he's making all of that happen. There's, as you said, nothing easy about what he's doing. Hashtag Zaza Pachulia, uh, nothing easy. Uh, and just the way that he's been able to, you know, just especially in the last couple of games that he played, the Minnesota game, now this one, obviously most of that Chicago game, you're just sort of putting the bucks on his back. Because even tonight with Drew Holiday back, I mean, Drew didn't play a ton, only scored six points, both of them on threes in the first quarter, and then didn't score the rest of the game. It wasn't like, you know, this was kind of like the the full strength Bucks just minus Chris. This, you know, you didn't really have that much in Drew tonight either. And so you needed everything from Giannis. And obviously tonight he had a sense of knowing exactly what was needed. And, um, you know, we saw it at the end of the first half. Bucks had a pretty narrow lead. He comes in and sort of turbocharges a, a run to go from being down 49-46 after a couple of um, Washington threes to go up 61-49 at half. And you felt like, okay, you know, feeling pretty good going into halftime. He's at 24 at halftime. I just, again, attacking, like, didn't matter who was guarding him, right? Like, you know, he could tell he felt very happy when he saw Porzingis in front of him because he knew that Porzingis just could not move with him in space quickly enough to keep him from getting to the rim. And, you know, again, whether it was Daniel Gafford, Kyle Kuzma, you know, Denny, everybody was fighting a losing battle. And uh, I thought it was interesting in the the first quarter, they had a bunch of strips where they were able to get hands on the ball. It felt like Giannis had a, a, you know, probably like three, his took him a few few attempts to actually get his first bucket they actually were able to kind of strip him, keep him from getting to the rim that way. Uh, but, you know, over the course of the game, they just didn't have anything for him. And, you know, again, this is a team that has some bodies, right, between Gafford and Porzingis in terms of shot blockers. You know, Hachimura physically can move his feet pretty well. Um, Kuzma, Denny, like those guys can can all move pretty well. They're not like bad defenders, but – Again, if you don't have your team defense on a string with Giannis playing the way he is right now, he is capable of doing this. And again, like there's, you know, nobody else in the league that could put up 55 points on zero three pointers, <laughs> except for Giannis. And for him to do it tonight was incredible. And as you said, the free throw shooting as well, vintage game six of the NBA finals performance mm. um, in terms of the free throw shooting. I be- By the way, I believe that his best ever free throw shooting performance in the NBA, I think he went 17 for 17 against the Washington Wizards a few years ago once. So dialing a little bit of that uh, Washington Wizards free throw shooting uh, up again tonight. But yeah, I mean, uh, again, this is, this is why we podcast after every game because, you know, sometimes when you are covering a guy like Giannis, you are going to get these historic performances and, you know, you just got to sit back and, some of the, some of the plays he make, you just laugh. And I don't know, I, I, maybe the most memorable play of the night was the one he didn't finish the, the dunk in the last two minutes where it looked like he was absolutely going to detonate. I think it was Daniel Gafford who was, 
That would have been like saved, listen, saved from like perpetual highlights. Uh, oh my god, that was that, that was that was a new level. That was a new level of anger on that dunk, Frank. We've got a lot of dunks to go through. I don't know whether you have like an all-time favorite, but that, that would have been, for pure ferocity, that would have been up there. It was a two-foot dunk. It was a very unique for Giannis to attack the rim off the dribble and go off of two feet and to just, you know, pull back uh, with, with the one hand like that. He normally, when he's attacking in motion, um, he's usually going off of one foot. I mean, he's incredible jumping off of either his left or right, finishing with his left or right, you know, probably the most versatile dunker. Um, but yeah, just something about that, just the way he, it felt like he kind of went up a little higher when he <laughs> contacted with, with Gafford, which is one of those things, you know, you occasionally see like the Tom Chambers dunk is always the one I think of the Tom Chambers um, dunk over Mark Jackson, where he like levitated higher after he, you know, made contact and it felt like it was a little bit of that going on. But again, I haven't seen a bunch of replays of it, but yeah, it was too bad. I mean, at that point the game was, you know, the game was pretty much over. So it wasn't like as, as uh, excruciating if I had come like, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter when the game was still really close, it would have been like, Oh my God, I can't believe that's the shot he missed. But, um, but it was, it came at a good time. Let's just say that. I think he already had his 50, I think at that point. Right. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, uh, it, was, it wasn't quite as frustrating as it could have been, but yeah, that would have been the, the all-time capper of a dunk. What a, what an incredible play that that was just, just to witness just again, just the physicality and just how high he got and this, this close. I think the interesting thing about the timing of that, I think it was seven or nine points at that point. So he missed the dunk. I think the Wizards scored. And then the Bucks missed a wide open three. I think it might have been Pat. And and then I was just thinking to myself, geez, hopefully this doesn't get back to that sort of three-point range again. But the Bucks were able to hold it off. The the Pazingas matchup was fascinating to me. I don't know about you, Frank, but every time they play against each other, and honestly, Pazingas is like having a decent season and he's been... I had some decent moments after the ACL, but it, it reminds me every time I see them too of the game the Bucks played against the Knicks many, many years ago. It was on national TV, and Bazingas dropped like 37 or 38. I think Mike Breen was on the call. He was dropping yeah. threes from the logo the left, right, back. center. The, the Knicks came back yeah. from a big deficit, and Chris Dapps hit like a pair of like 30-footers, I think, in the fourth quarter, and it was just like, oh, crap. It was one of those rare games at the time. It felt like whenever the Bucks got on – national tv especially home games they really came through and you're right like yeah. that game was like one of those oh and i'm sure nick's fans after that game were thinking like oh porzingis maybe better than Giannis, uh-huh. and yeah, yeah it didn't work out in the end but and then he of course got injured not in that game but it was against, against the Giannis. Bucks as well yeah. on a Giannis that... contested yeah it's just crazy to think how that and look he's seven three so there's there's some differences there and you know, he's not physically the same guy as Giannis even when he was at full health. But you still see him do some stuff tonight with these jump shots off the dribble and those types of things. A crazy talent and I'm not sure what that uh, what those injuries have done for him. We've probably got more Giannis stuff to talk about uh, after I talk By about the way, that I online. Just, I, I on, just looked it on. up just before you do the ad read. So Giannis missed the dunk. They were up by 12. It was 116-104 with okay. 2.32 left. Giannis misses the dunk. And then, you know, he got... He was so shell shocked. He didn't get back on defense. Rui Hachimura ends up getting mm. a wide open three to make a 116 107. And then, as you said, Pat missed um, an open three. And then Brooke blocked two straight shots. He blocked Monte Morris and then he got Kuzma. And then uh, finally, the Bucks got uh, a rebound and then Giannis scored yet again. And I think that was, yeah, that was that. Uh, I think that was when he snaked between. Mm. Um, uh, I think it was, what, what was it, Porzingis 
and uh and Hachimura and again like sometimes like how does a guy that big like wriggle between and other enormous humans I don't know how he's able to do that but that was uh that was just an incredible I think that was where he started to you know uh flash the Milwaukee on the jersey yes. as he walked into the into the fans which which was a pretty cool moment and he talked about it after the game you know just again just the the love affair with the city of Milwaukee and, and Giannis it's uh again just something that you you know like for us as fans right like 20 years ago if you had told us that you'd have this guy feeling this way about this city and winning a championship I mean again it just kind of rekindles all those incredible feelings that you have about this person and and what he's meant for this franchise this city so again just a regular season game you know whatever it's game 37 or whatever it might be um but uh again nice nice reminder that very cool things can still happen in the regular season. And this is why I, by the way, the, the people I feel worse for, I got to see a great game on, on uh, Friday night. You got the two straight wizards games. If anything, you would have thought the first wizards game would be the safe one to buy tickets to, because this game comes on the front end of a back to back, them having to go to Toronto tomorrow. Instead, the people who went on Sunday get an absolute dog of a game with no Giannis drew or Chris, they get blown out. And the people that come tonight get to see Giannis put up a career high in the Bucks to win a super fun game. So, again, this is just the uh, the problem with, with trying to time and go to a a regular season NBA basketball game. But so it goes. Shout out to shout out to you guys that suffered through a really bad game uh, the other night, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, some of those people got to also go to this game tonight. Yeah, we've got a couple of people in the stream that have been commenting that they're just getting home from the game. Perhaps they're on the way home for the game. But yeah, that's a pretty special one. Um, we've got more on Giannis to come. Maybe a vibe check. Vibes are always better when you win, Frank. And then also some of the things that we didn't quite like tonight. Because as we said, it wasn't a perfect performance. But we need to make sure we knock out all the Giannis stuff uh, before we keep rolling. And I mentioned Bet Online, It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport. But after a night like tonight, you might want to jump on the MVP train for Giannis. Uh, last time I checked, all the odds I've got here, he's the fourth favorite behind Tatum, Jokic, and Doncic. Uh, the non-American players looking to put a monopoly or continue to uh, hold the monopoly on the MVP. And I think they might be in the running with three of the top four candidates there, non-American players. But go to betonline.net uh, for all the fastest and easiest odds and trends and everything else you need to head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more that's bet online where the game starts hey frank you mentioned you know the fans and you mentioned Giannis when he's sort of flashing and i'm wearing a jordan top so i don't know if i can flash the jordan name but i'll flash the jordan name but if you're um i saw a number of fans that were sort of in those pretty cool seats baseline seats and I was thinking they'll have a pretty cool photo, you know, if they were the fans. Like there was one fan that was flashing Milwaukee back at him or whatever, which would just be a really cool photo to have, which reminded me, as most of the people listening probably know, I spent a few years living in Milwaukee. And I didn't realize this one time, but I had to go into, I, I don't know specifically what hospital it is, but I had to go into a hospital in Milwaukee uh, for something. And there was this huge like mural, I guess, of the Bucks, you know, and the crowd and this was before I was doing any media stuff. So I was having a look through and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool photo. And then I saw myself in the photo 
and Jason, it's Jason Terry, and he's like doing this to the crowd, like firing up the crowd, and then I'm like firing, <laughs> doing it back to him. Anyway, it's just a hilarious thing. I don't know if that photo's still up uh, in the Milwaukee Hospital, whatever it is, but if you live in the area and you have to go in there and you see Jason Terry going crazy at the crowd, I used to have a humongous beard. See if you can spot me. Uh, let me know. But did you? It was funny. I saw Eric name because we always talk about. The Cavs of the Bucks use Giannis. So what are different ways that they can use him in games? And we know the stuff outside the restricted area hasn't been great so far this year. He's still in the mid-70s at the rim, which is mind-boggling when, as we've discussed, everyone knows that's what he's trying to do. And I saw Eric tweet tonight saying, basically, every time they use Giannis on a weight cut, he gets a score. We've seen him get a couple of dunks out of it. We've seen him get a couple of layups out of it. We've discussed the idea of different guys coming back into the lineup. How can they use him? And for some reason, we had a couple of listeners that got offended. Like, you want to use Giannis as a screener? But no, it's just like trying to free him up to get him in different spots on the floor. We've seen they've used probably more Joe Ingles than Giannis stuff tonight than we've seen in previous times, even as there's only been a couple of games. Did you see anything different or do you see anything different they can do? And I understand it's a funny question to ask after he scores 55 points. Um, but as we continue to, to discuss this offense and different ways they can use it, have, you, have they done anything different this year, I guess, is the question I'm asking. Um, I think one thing that we've seen some success with is uh, Giannis coming from the left wing, taking like a dribble handoff. A lot of times it's in context of uh, like basically a, a four or five pick and roll with, with Brooke Lopez. Um, and again, if Giannis can turn the corner, then great. Giannis, you know, is, is going at the rim. Other times um, we've seen teams like switch that. And I thought tonight, I mean, we haven't talked about basically anybody else in the Bucks. Um and again, not that anybody compared to, to what Giannis did, but, you know, Brooke Lopez, some early foul trouble tonight, but, you know, by the end of this game, they had one play where they ran that and they end up getting a switch and Giannis, um, you know, smartly throws it down to Brooke, who's literally just, you know, has basically put his man under the rim, catches it, dunks it, um, you know, that I think it was the Brooklyn game, which of course was one of those like forgettable games at the end. Um, but the Bucks kind of kept trying to make a comeback. I think in the fourth, one of the reasons Giannis didn't score in the fourth at all was because of some of the switching and, and the pressure they were putting on Giannis, but he kept getting the ball down to Brooke in the paint, take advantage of the fact that the Nets are a really small team. And so I think that's one of those things that, you know, we have been talking about for years. And I think when you look at Brooke, the fact that, you know, the three point shooting has rebounded in a, a major way this year, I mean, not just rebounded, but, but been at career high levels for most of this season from three. And you combine that with the fact that, you know, it's like you give him the ball in the mid post, like, especially if the clock's running down, like, again, he settles for like the step back, you know, 20 footer way more than you'd like, but he's ridiculously good at shooting that shot. He hit another one tonight. Um, but then when he does get the ball close to the basket with his length and his touch uh, around the rim, Brooke is, is so good. So I think, you know, again, kind of um, unleashing the Brooke Giannis two-man game a little bit, I think has been fun to watch, you know, especially probably with Giannis, the number of bricks that he's seen guys throw up when he kicks it out for three-pointers, you know, Giannis is probably maybe a little bit more interested in trying to find Brooke around the basket these days, just because he probably doesn't trust the other guys to, to make wide open threes as, as much as he might have in the past. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the cut that, that Eric was referring to tonight was Pat Connaughton kind of curling in, dribbling, attacking from one side and, and basically like Giannis kind of cutting in almost like, you know, a running back 
um, behind the line of scrimmage, getting a handoff, a little running back toss, and uh, and you know basically getting the defense going the wrong way, and he got a an, uh, a wide open dunk through that this way. I think the wrinkle that we and we've talked about it, we saw it first in that Pelicans game, but it was a cut from the weak side mm. off a uh, Drew Pat pick and roll on the right wing, uh, which has worked surprisingly well. I think we've seen like basically that that Drew Pat uh, or or other guys with Pat running that pick and roll and Pat, you know, again, you think of him as a, as a pick and pop guy. Uh, but when he has rolled to the rim, they've actually been able to pretty, I don't know, regularly maybe is, is overseeing it, but they've gotten a bunch of layups for Pat with, with that type of role. And so, you know, kind of then an interesting secondary kind of look at that is, you know, Giannis, when he's off the ball, we saw him a couple of times, a couple of games in a row. He, I think it was against Cleveland as well. Uh, the next game, he had another cut, uh, from from the weak side wing to uh, to basically the elbow, kind of like mid mid paint area. And again, when he catches the ball with with a head of steam, he's got those awesome hands. And you know, with a little bit of uh, a little bit of daylight, he's obviously going to send it down. So um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, like so much of what we're seeing is just kind of letting Giannis cook for better or worse. Um, you know, let him get into a one v one matchup and try to just space the floor around him. Uh, and again, when other guys are missing, then the pressure on Giannis just becomes pretty astronomical because it really is just, you know, Giannis in a cloud of dust because the other guys are, are really not making the defense pay. But, um, you know, kudos to Giannis. I think, I think the thing that gets lost so much in the you know, kind of skill debate, right? And, you know, again, tonight kind of he had a number of chances kind of on those little non-restricted area paint shots, just still can't find that touch. But, um you know, his ball handling, right? That's the funniest thing to me about like the skill discussions, like the level that his ball handling and, and his dribbling has gotten to, to enable him to get to his spots is, is pretty remarkable. And I mean, it's a question that I, I would pose, you know, Giannis is now officially listed as seven feet tall. Find me a better seven foot ball handler than Giannis Adetokounmpo. Kevin Durant is the only guy that you, you could, to me, like maybe put in that discussion, because again, if you say Katie is actually seven feet tall, which officially he's not, <laughs> he's not listed at seven feet. I think, I think he might be only 6'10 officially, but, um, but other than KD who, you know, basically plays like a wing, uh, have we ever seen a seven footer that can dribble a ball? And of course we always think of it in the, in the open court. And he had an, another, I mean, just a handful of just absolute incredible drives end to end tonight, but have we ever seen a guy this tall be able to handle the ball and create for himself, even in the half court, just in terms of relentlessly getting the rim the way Giannis does? I don't know. YouTube audience, tell me, tell me who I'm forgetting. Wemby's coming. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's weird. Wembanyama, you see him hit all these incredible shots. He shoots these like one foot like runner threes Man, it's and stuff. Absolutely, was, it's straight up. I was bullshit, looking. At, honestly, I was looking at his uh, his his basketball reference. He's shooting 29 percent from three this year. So I guess his like shot selection is just horrendous. Um, I, I, but I'm not saying like he's not the first overall pick or something like that. But oh no no. Uh, he, he he at least he's not you know putting up whatever it is 30 points a game on you know 60 40 90 splits or something like that he, he at least appears to be mortal for the moment um in terms of just as a shooter but but again i'm, I'm sure he's going to be a really awesome shooter but again I, we, we probably shouldn't act like he's dirk Nowitzki in terms of shooting quite yet but um but he's gonna be really good and that's fair again how how <laughs> 
how Giannis manages to do what he does with, again, that part of his game, just really not being a big weapon at all is amazing. I thought one of my favorite plays was the, uh, towards the end of the half when he kind of, you know, we talk about him taking those dribbles to the left and kind of pre-programmed rising into that, that jump shot. And he, he did hit one of those tonight mm. in the first half. And then he looked like he was going to do it again. And he got Porzingis to bite on a pump fake and then does a nice little step through for a layup to end the half. Um, and that was, again, kind of capped off that run. I think it was a 15-0 run or something like that to, to end the half. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, it's just I, – I think he's had games – we've talked about, like, the Golden State game where he's clearly working on his jump shot in game – but it has seemed of late, like, especially since the Chicago game, these last two games, it's, it seems like he's just like, I'm, look, I'm not going to, sh- I don't want, I don't want to settle for a bunch of jump shots. Like he really has worked to get to the rim. And I mean, my God, like it's, it's a sight to behold. So you mentioned that quote, I didn't see it, but uh, Paul Henning just tweeted it. I wouldn't be the player I am today without this city. You don't play for the name on the back, you play for the name on the front, which we love to see. Uh, Now, before I ask you, uh, we'll check in on a little vibe check, which basically is just we're going to talk about the Boston Celtics and what they did tonight. Uh, The points in the paint. So obviously it was a, a point of or a talking point, point of contention before the game based on the 72 to 26 number, which is just outrageous and not something that you see with the Bucks Now, clearly you don't have Giannis. That's one thing, but still the 72 points. So they gave up 60 points in the paint tonight, but the Bucks are up at 66 plus 40. No surprise there because they have Giannis. And shout out to Marcus Johnson, who uh, uh, had the prediction at the start of the game that Giannis would score 42. Uh, ye of little faith, uh, Marcus Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect he was going to drop 55 in this game. But the paint defense. So this is what I wanted to get to. As a, as a final point on this game, really. Uh, yeah, I saw you tweeting about Bobby Portis. Obviously, we know what Brooke Lopez has done. Uh, this defense has dropped off over the last week here. And I've seen a lot of people talking about Bobby. And, and your point, and this is not a new... This is not new. We, we've discussed this before about if you don't have Brooke Lopez out on the floor, perhaps just switch a little more. I mean, that's kind of the yeah. point of being versatile and having the versatile lineups. We saw a bunch of weird lineups today with sort of Bochamp, Ingles, Portis, Giannis, and maybe one other guard, but not necessarily a point guard. Um, so, yeah, we've seen a lot of people talking about the defense of Bobby this year. Do you, do you feel like it's been demonstrably worse? I don't know if it's demonstrably worse. I mean, it feels like the Bucks have switched less um, this year than than they have the last last couple years actually um with with bobby specifically uh again i'm not saying bobby's like a a great switch defender and i'm always a little wary of switching too much because again then you're you're allowing your bigs to get stuck on the perimeter and then they're not helping out on the glass as well so it it does hurt you a little bit from a rebounding perspective but you know tonight especially like when he was you know having to be the last man back at the rim i mean he just doesn't doesn't impact shots at all when guys are driving and you know i mean brooke had a bunch of blocks tonight but um but i thought you know washington i i thought they had a good game plan i mean obviously worked last game plan game uh to to really try to attack the drop even if when brooke was in there they've got especially with with gafford he's obviously a really good lob threat rim roller type um and i thought they did a nice job of just getting downhill and they t- ended up taking a, a ton of shots in sort of floater range and, and they were pretty good. I think they were like 11 to 26. I mean, it was like, you know, 
that's that's okay. But but again, eleven out of twenty six from floater. Um, they ended up taking a fair bit of shots at the rim, but but not nearly as many as the Bucks. And I think I think they were like twenty or thirty two, which isn't like lights out. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought they they attacked the Bucks defensively pretty well. But they ended up having about a one hundred nine offensive rating, which you know is is okay. You know, if you're the Bucks, that's that's okay. It's not not a great defensive effort. Um, and I thought that, I mean the big difference though was, you know, they started seven out of sixteen from three. And what did they end up like eight of 29, eight of 30 or something like that. So they finished one of like 13 or 14. And that was really the thing, right? It was that it felt like the bucks would get a little bit of separation and then, you know, Kispert and somebody else would like hit two straight threes. And then all of a sudden it's a four point game or something like that. And it was just like, come on bucks. Can you you guys please just shake these guys. And, you know, again, we saw like the, the, the bucks doing their backcourt turnover bullshit. Like it's just like, Guys, well, like, we didn't see that because it happened so quickly. But yeah, I don't know what happened, but it was annoying. Yeah, we didn't even see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just like, just again, just some of the stuff like just shooting yourself in the foot. And again, this, this is what happens when you, you know, George Hill has has played about one game in the last like three weeks or something like that. Some of it initially was because he was benched, and now he's been sick. So like Javon Carter has been your only point guard tonight. You at least get Drew to be your backup point guard. But you know, especially again, not having Chris as another ball handler, you just don't have much much ball handling and just honestly like good decision making and passing on the floor um so yeah i mean i thought the defense was (laughs) didn't necessarily stand out um but you know i think to some extent you're playing the percentages and we saw i mean late again you know splash mountain they 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 could not (laughs) they could not challenge brooke um ultimately at the rim too much and you know even gafford went to the line on that one foul looked like brooke got him clean uh and and i think probably the most frustrating thing in fourth quarter was just some of like the loose balls and offensive rebounds both teams had a pretty good night offensive rebounding i think the bucks were at 33 percent and the wizards were like 29 percent. again if you're the bucks you normally are expecting to be in the low 20s in terms of opponent offensive rebound percentage so um so yeah i mean it was not a as you said not like a defensive showcase a lot to clean up and and the other thing too is and and i i felt like the same thing on um well same thing definitely on sunday but then also in the game uh, on Friday, man, it just feels like Bud is just like, th- first off, the, the Wizards can play pretty big because they often will have Kuzma at, at small forward and Kuzma's, you know, a six, nine guy and, you know, obviously can, can put the ball on the floor, but um, it, it just feels like every game, like every time I look up, like Grayson Allen is defending somebody who's like four or five inches taller than him or way more athletic. <laughs> it feels like Grayson is always having to like battle against somebody who's way taller and again, part of it is because like Bud is choosing to play Grayson as like a small forward in in the starting five most of the time. And again, Pat, you know, Pat was guarding Porzingis a bunch the other game, right? You know, with Giannis out and all this stuff. So it, it just feels like the Bucks so often have been like choosing to to play small in in a bunch of these matchups and just making it kind of hard on themselves. I, ironically, I don't even know that like that that Kuzma actually like took advantage of that Grayson Allen matchup a ton. I think. Grayson was terrible offense. I mean, it was another just like really brutal one for nine game for him offensively. Again, defensively, he probably like competed reasonably well. I think he was like a plus 18 or something like that. Giannis yeah. was plus 25. Grayson was had the second best plus minus, which again is less about what Grayson was doing and more probably just that he was on the floor when Giannis was. But um, but yeah, it, it's just felt like, especially when when you don't have Drew in particular, when you don't have Drew or Chris and they're, what's going on they're just not playing west matthews most of the time now like 
and, and AJ Green's getting all these minutes, it just feels like Bud is just basically like a lot of, lot of small white dudes having to defend bigger human beings. And again, like that, that part, I just, you know, I question the wisdom of doing that. Um, I feel like you want to put, you know, at least guys that, that have at least a bit more strength, a bit more size on the ball against some of the guys that, that they've been going against in particular, like a Kuzma type. Um, but again, tonight they, they were fortunate that, that the, the Wizards weren't really able to punish that. And, and that's another reason why, I mean, we saw Marjon play a little bit tonight, but that's another reason why, like, especially if you're not playing Wes Matthews, it's like you, you got to find ways to get Marjon on the floor just because he's at least not like a small, unathletic dude. <laughs> like he, he definitely makes mistakes. Like AJ Green probably makes like fewer mistakes just from like a positioning standpoint than Marjan Bochamp does. But at the end of the day, like AJ Green is like six, four and weak and not athletic, right? Like he can do everything right. And he's still going to be on the business end of, of it when he's having to guard like freaking Anthony Edwards or something like that. So I, I've been a little confused by just the Bud's willingness to kind of throw his, his small wings sort of to, to uh, you know, into the, the alligator nest or that's a terrible, there's no such thing as the alligator nest, but, but anyway, pool of alligators, I don't know, whatever alligator pit. I don't know. Um, but the, swamp really kind with of, the alligators, the swamp with all the freaking big reptiles. Um, but yeah, I just felt like he's, he's really let those guys kind of be potentially exposed. And, and again, like Grayson Allison's just been going through some stuff and not a great time for him to be doing it. You know, had a, a really great run earlier in the season with the shooting. And now it's just, again, just does not look like he has much confidence. Hit, hit that one three that kind of sparked a big run tonight, but overall, you know, just kind of really struggled. And, um, you know, again, like you've got Pat um, who, who did play well tonight, which was good to see. He's obviously had, had some ups and downs, but it was nice to see Pat play well. Um, and, you know, again, you have Marjon and, and Wes, right? Like, West super limited offensively, but I think at least you don't have to worry about him getting overpowered defensively. So I'm not really totally getting some of Bud's decision-making and some of the, the rotational decisions in that regard, but um, you know, and, and again, just some of the key absences that you've had, obviously really just kind of lay bare some of the, the limitations of, of the deeper parts of the rotation, right? You got a lot of guys that are small and can't, really, can't necessarily defend at a high level, but um uh, you know, again, tonight, just Giannis doing Giannis things uh, as much as we've ever seen him do Giannis things offensively. And, uh, and Brooke and Bobby, right? I mean, the bigs were, uh, were really, really big offensively. And, you know, you're able to really ride that. And even with Drew coming back to have a pretty, pretty quiet first game back, um, you're going to need, a, I think, a lot more from him in Toronto if, uh, if they're going to sneak out a, a win on the back-to-back. Yeah, it's a tough back-to-back, and it feels like a rare back-to-back. It feels like there hasn't been too many this season, so we'll have another post-game pod tomorrow. i got to get to work, Frank, so i got to get out of here. But speaking of guys that didn't... (laughs) This is work, actually. But uh, speaking of (laughs) us... Tell you what, I am a busy man. uh, Just very, very busy. Another guy that just is not having a good stretch, plain and simple, and we've liked what he did to start the season, but Javon Carter is... Um, having some real struggles, but we, we'll have some time to talk about him over the next few days, I'm sure, along with the other guys, because there's lots of comments about Grayson Allen, which will not surprise you. Frank, uh, thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen today. Now for your second listen, listen to Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. 
from people like uh, myself. Follow Game to Game and Locked On NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. A fun one tonight, the honest career high, 55. And uh, three straight 40-point games, that's a career high for him. So he started the 50 streaks. We'll see what he can do tomorrow. Only 10 rebounds, though, Kane. The 40-20 streak snapped. Very disappointing. Very underwhelming uh, in terms of the rebounding play. Come on, Giannis. We need 20 rebounds tomorrow night. That's true. Bobby, get out of the way. Let the man get his rebounds. All right. Let's wrap it up. And by the way, just quickly before we leave, Frank, a quick word on the Celtics giving up one fitty to the OKC Thunder. <laughs> With no shade. Take that. Take that defensive rating for the Boston Celtics. Suck it. You guys destroyed our defensive rating on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, and, and the Thunder didn't even have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Very bizarre. Like, Tatum and Brown both play. And, again, the, the NBA is just a very weird place. So, I don't know. I, I will – we'll see. This is not an easy game. The Raptors have not been <laughs> – I, uh, I will definitely not go one for nine in, in any basketball game because I will not shoot. Uh, so, so that's, that's my main calling card. I will just get out of the way. The team will, the other team will des- desperately want me to shoot, but I won't. Um, but yeah, if they could win tomorrow, I mean, it would be a, a huge, I think a huge feather in their cap to, to pull off a back to back. And, and again, I mean, we haven't seen Jan. I, I feel like we've seen, we have seen Jan's playing a back to back this year, but it feels like it's been quite a while. Um, so again, hopefully they don't just punt, um, punt this game, uh, in Toronto because, it would be nice to win more than one game in a real game. That you know, is that is that asking too much? New year, new us. Come on, come on, Bucks. Let's let's wanna, like actually try to win win some games and not be like the freaking fifth seed or something. We want to have some fun. We want to have another fun post game podcast tomorrow. And as we uh, leave you for today, we will catch you after the game. Bucks and Raptors. That's a six thirty p.m. Central time tip off there. If there are any Celtics fans listening to this podcast, just remember, you always have the Christmas Day title. See you tomorrow.